Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. Episode 103 of the Skeptic Wire. I am your host, Gary Long, and with me this week are special guest, Shelly Siegel. Hello. And welcome. Welcome to our podcast. Oh, thanks very much for having me, guys. She gets top billing. She's more famous. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She's uh, like the Richard De Niro of this podcast right now. <laughs> And because he spoke first, Richard Don De Niro? <laughs> Richard De Niro? Who the fuck is that? Yeah, I was thinking, is that like a less famous brother? Is that the Stephen Baldwin of the De Niro family? I know music, I don't know films. That's your job in this podcast. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. I'm just going to go sit here in the corner. So, in, in the music world, what would your alternative be to uh, Richard De Niro? <laughs> I, I, um, crap. I can't think of anything. <laughs> She's the Richard Grieco of this podcast. There we go. Okay. Crickets. <laughs> and with me is, uh, parts of Greg Perrine's brain. <laughs> <laughs> and Donna Swafford. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, welcome. It's not so echoey in here because, uh, we're sitting in a, what is it, a four points Four, se- four points hotel. Yeah, four- this is not the Four Seasons. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's spring ish in Texas, ish. so it's sort of a which season, which means that it'll be ninety tomorrow, and then thirty five the day after. Yeah, but uh, Shelley has has kindly uh, allowed us to uh, first interview her, but no, first record us, which happens to include an interview. No, her. We're always recording. <laughs> <laughs> It's been that week. So how's everybody else's week been? Um, I'm doing okay, uh, except for a couple days ago, I got in an argument with uh, my neighbors um, down oh, the no, street. Oh, no, not again. About them not having their dogs on a leash. Mm. Um, and it, it's it's at those times when it's really, really hard to stick to the fill plate mantra of don't be a dick. Cause, That's just for skepticism. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So just wandering around the neighborhood, you can be in a, a dick all you want. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fling poo at people. Have you rooms. not read my Facebook about my crazy street preacher neighbor? Have you, <laughs> have we missed all true, of those posts. But in the long run, as a skeptical person, I'd like to know that I could convince someone to do the rational thing of keeping their dog either in a fence or on a leash so uh, that it doesn't run out into the street. Or... You made the mistake of... Using the word rational in that sentence. Exactly. I, I I want to try to be the rational person myself, but it doesn't always work that way. As Maybe you should we watch, seen walk around the, with MREs. Meals ready to eat. Just treats because for the dog. those are rations. <laughs> I apologize, Shelley. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I'm amused. But right now I'm easily amused, so big deal. I was. Uh, are you on tour? Yes, I'm actually on tour. I'm on a three-month tour at the moment, and about three weeks in. Okay. So, did did you start here in the states? Or? Yeah, yeah. Started in the states. Um, I did a um, 
kind of six-week Australian tour and then flew straight over here and started in San Francisco with the National Atheist Party Convention. Oh, right on. And that was March 8th. That was pretty cool. That was, um, yeah, in San Francisco and they had um, Jessica Alquist come and Aaron Ra and Dusty Smith and um, Jamila Bay. Oh, I saw pictures of that. It was, it was a great <laughs> event and actually something interesting that they're in discussion about at the moment is whether they should change their name to the National Secular Party or uh, not. And uh, my personal opinion, despite not being a resident of this country <laughs> or voting, I said, if you change it, I'll move here and vote. <laughs> um, I feel quite strongly about it. I would prefer it to be called the National Secular Party or the American Secular Party. Mm-hmm. That's what we have at home, the, um, the National Secular Party. And I think it's just a bit more in line with separation of church and state with not having a view of religion uh, just yeah. being more inclusive so yeah. that even someone who's uh, culturally Jewish, like yourself, could, well, come from a Jewish family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, could, you know, or... or... Sorry, I, I threw you off. I was... No, like... no, I... I <laughs> I'm shaking my head in a rage. I'm not Jewish. <laughs> How dare you? Not no. even culturally. <laughs> not culturally. <laughs> no, but I, no, I know exactly what you mean. And it's, it's People much... who, who do have some still clinging to religion, can still get yeah. behind well, some of the secular the, party. Some of the greatest secular advocates that I've heard speak in Australia have been religious people. And it's something that, that you can get behind despite your beliefs about how we've all come to be because it's a, more about how we run our government. Right. Yeah. Isn't isn't it uh, Reverend Barry Lynn who heads the American secular... For the, Americans for the Separation of Church and State. Okay, I couldn't remember if it's Secular Coalition or... People's Front of Judea, or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, no, he runs uh, Americans United for the Separation of Church and State. And he's a pastor. He's a yeah. reverend thing. So He's a pastor, pastor. with the United pastor. Church of Christ. Oh, is he? I thought it was Lutheran. No, I think he's... Yeah. Uni- I, United Church of Christ is the nice, liberal, let's hug and sing Kumbaya at the end yeah. of service. Church of Christ is set fire to the heathens. Uh, there's so many different churches. How many are there? I would uh, say thousands. I think yeah. I think there was. I, I have the number in my brain of like twenty four thousand different sects of wow. Christianity inside the United States. That's amazing. <laughs> but if it, it makes sense if you think that the the two first Baptist churches of San Antonio each have a uh, different mantra, <laughs> I think there's more than twenty four thousand churches in the United States. I don't know. So, so how, how are you finding America? Well, you found America. <laughs> <laughs> you looked on a map. I get that. Okay. <laughs> no, she used GPS. Oh, it's right. <laughs> how are you enjoying your stay in America? I'm so really far? enjoying it. And um, are, are you driving across the United States? Or are you um, kind of some parts. Bits? You know, we're we're, we're flying. Um, I'm here with my tour manager Natalie, and we're we're flying. You know, to some states, and then we'll kind of pick up a car and drive for the next few cities and then move on and fly to the next spot excellent so you get to see uh so texas you're kind of driving yeah you flew in and so we got into um we went from san fran to austin where i attended south by southwest festival and was promoting my music there and um that was pretty fun austin's been really really cool and we drove from Austin to Houston, I played two shows in Houston over the weekend, and yeah, now we're here in San Antonio. 
and playing tomorrow. Unfortunately, this podcast won't be up by... Uh, it might be up tomorrow if I <laughs> get to editing it. So if you're listening to this on March 27th, <laughs> March 2013, <laughs> you still have a chance to make it all the way down to San Antonio. To the radio center. Especially our British listeners. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shame the Concords no longer flying. Anyway. Cool. I, I like it here, and it's funny because... Everybody in the rest of the country, I've been here quite a few times in the last year since the Reason Rally, which is, we're celebrating a year <laughs> since that, um, which is where I met Greg and Donna briefly. Um, and yeah, everybody since I've been visiting the States has said, don't go to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Even in Louisiana, they were saying, if you have to go through Texas, go around, <laughs> like, whatever you do. And it's it's been perfectly fine. I haven't experienced I think the important thing is that you're visiting the cities of Texas and not out in the podunk kind of rural areas which may be a little less accepting than the metropolitan areas but but that's I mean the majority of the population same of California yeah yeah I went to Lancaster that was fun (laughs) (laughs) excellent well it's good to have you here so don't don't be afraid speak up if you have something to say thanks is uh (laughs) because <laughs> sometimes I don't know what we I'm don't. talking about today. <laughs> so I've I haven't done any studying. I'll just throw that out. I haven't read a, a single thing. Just like last week, I'm still swamped. Well, the important work, thing so. is that we have a special guest here that we can just talk to for an hour. Well, yeah, I guess we could do that. You know, nah. <laughs> 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 Why bother? <laughs> the, the views of Gary do not express. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm having her being a part of this. (laughs) Aha! (laughs) She will be a part of it if we interview her as well. Well, yeah. Yeah, I I was just looking at the topics, and she's she's not listed on the topics. Well, Gary, we should plan this before. (laughs) (laughs) Do we we have a list of questions? Do you have anything you want to... Uh, talk to her? Well, we should how do about, the, about music. How about we do the birthday talk? Oh, let's start with the birthday. We'll get back to you. No worries. <laughs> well, she might have a guess on the birthday person. So, I, I'm March 26th uh, is the birthday of someone who is famous for being a scientist and very rational. Um, has, do we have a year? <laughs> well... He, <laughs> yeah, we know yeah, it's March 26th. No, no, I'm, I'm just getting into... And to, now we know it's a he. Yes, a he. it's a he. Yeah, he's... Born, <laughs> um, 1941, mm. and uh, has written books, um, has been on TV, movies. Um, movies? Yes. This is so easy! Dawkins? Yeah. No, Rit- Leonard Nimoy. Ah. Uh, no, you Richard said, Dawkins, uh, yes. <laughs> 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 Dara O'Brien? Yes, Le- Leonard Nimoy was born in oh, wait, uh, 1931, right. but Richard Dawkins was born yes. today, 1941. But is it both of their birthdays? It is both their birthdays. Oh, cool. Today, Happy March birthday, 26th. everyone. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> makes, makes your argument totally invalid for the day. Spock and Richard Dawkins will argue against it. <laughs> well, Spock wasn't necessarily born today. <laughs> But, but Leonard was... Nimoy is famous for playing this very rational Not scientific character and could be argued as an inspiration to young kids to be scientific and rational. As well as being musical, because he did do uh, Bill yes. Baggins. That's I, I was thinking more of the uh, <laughs> the harp tune that he was doing, Bitter Dregs, Bitter Dregs. 
Don't remember that? Okay. I don't remember that one. All I know is the Bilbo Baggins song. Have you seen the Bilbo Baggins song? Oh, God, it's horrible. It's funny. <laughs> as bad as William Shatner singing? Or... Hey, no, William better... Shatner sang in Esperanto. <laughs> How is that? <laughs> I don't know. He did a whole album in Esperanto. It's William Shatner singing, so take that as you will. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I so mean, I, I really don't think he needs more introduction than, yeah, it's Richard Dawkins' birthday. Uh, all right. Well, happy birthday to Richard Dawkins. Happy birthday. And, and <laughs> to you, I just found out that we can't sing them happy birthday. Sing the traditional happy birthday song, yeah. Yeah, because right. it doesn't belong to everybody. Well, maybe by like the end old of the folk note, songs used it to. Is, it, <laughs> maybe by the end of the show, the three musicians in the room can, can write a new birthday song just for Richard Dawkins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got one. Na, 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 na. No, that's that probably right. just as expensive. <laughs> yeah, Michael Jackson's dead though, so who owns it? <laughs> Somebody <laughs> must own it now. And he... No, I think he sold it. Yeah, he probably had to sell it because he was all. Uh, maybe, maybe um, McCartney then, and Yoko Ono, and the rest of the and Star. Ah, we don't know though. It don't matter. All right, moving on. Great. What we got? What are we going to do? We're going to interview? Yeah. <clears throat> Let's talk. Yeah, this is this is new. This is this is thrown at me last minute, so so I don't I don't know. Well, okay. I'm a horrible interviewer too, so <laughs> maybe not as bad as Greg, but L- look at it, Gary. <laughs> look at it this way, Gary. <laughs> Is it easier for you to talk with someone who is a fellow musician about the creative process and inspiration and dealing with being a musical person, trying to communicate something to the world, something you you know, as opposed to all the stories that we posted on the Facebook page that you didn't get to read because you were really, really busy this week? Hmm. <laughs> Let me think on that. Um... um Door number three. An hour of the lightning round. That's really? the goat. Yay. Let's <laughs> say that no door number three would be an hour of the lightning round, and we know how badly that would go. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's do music. I can do music. Sure. I I I I'm music. <laughs> so you play percussion. Yeah. My 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 primary instrument is drums and percussion. Yep. But I took up guitar because it's easier to haul around. <laughs> yeah, that's what I used to say about piano. I started playing piano and it's like, oh, but you can't carry around. And then I met a girl who was hitchhiking around Greece and Turkey with a freaking piano. <laughs> I was like, okay, you've totally taken away my sentence. <laughs> well, compare that to a mandolin that you can fit in the overhead compartment of an airplane. Mm, yeah. That's handy. <laughs> and then at the end of... At the end of the, the flight, when it lands, because you've shoved it on somebody else's baggage, it falls out and it hits somebody on the head. Yes, but it's in a solid case, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> wow, and you guys call me the violent one. So we're not humanists here, we're skeptics. <laughs> it's a different hat. No, it's not that I was causing violence to somebody, it's that an accident happened to occur, but my property was okay, because... Yeah, okay. I give up. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to rationalize that one away. No. <laughs> so where, where do you get inspiration from? Um, Besides everywhere. 
<laughs> yeah, everywhere. That's kind of a boring answer. Um, um, I'll try and be more specific. I guess I... I it's such a horrible question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a musician. You should know how I, I get my horrible coffee. these questions are. Yeah. Coffee, beer, wine. <laughs> from life. <laughs> no, um, I find it easier to write about things and I think I enjoy writing about things from my own perspective. I feel like that's really the only thing I'm an expert at. <laughs> it's my own perspective. So like, you know, things that I'm going through um, at the time, like in interpersonal relationships or just my experiences traveling or things that I've seen um, in other people's lives or something that I've learned about that day or maybe a current affairs issue that is um, really getting me enraged or engaging me in some way um i also get a lot of inspiration from books i love um reading a book and then and then trying to write a song in a way that the the author inspired me with their writing style what what sort of books do you really enjoy reading then uh, do you like the the non-fiction science types or the like uh R- richard dawkins books or um, biology uh, really really varied i love reading non-fiction books um, and I love reading uh, literature books, but uh, that's on only the last couple of years with both of those, really, um, after I became an atheist and started to get more involved in critical thinking, I realized, oh, I want to learn so much, you know, and I think the first, I remember the first nonfiction book I read was uh, Richard Carrier, Sense and Goodness Without God, and, and, and so books like that, yeah, about, I'm really interested in um, biology and Genetics, I find that really fascinating. So I love all those science books, and that gives you this kind of like, you know, transcendent, connected to the natural world feeling, and that's a very inspiring feeling. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just literature, I love. Um, at the moment, I'm reading On the Road by Kerouac, <laughs> Kerouac. which is perfect. I started. Perfect for your trip around the United States. Yeah, exactly. I started reading it while I was at home, and now I'm reading the second half of it while I'm on the road, and it's, it's pretty accurate. <laughs> Has, has a song idea come from that book? Yeah, definitely already. I started writing a song about being on the road. <laughs> <laughs> How often do you get things like you've got this great idea, this great germ for an idea, and you're trying to work it out, and it just kind of goes nowhere versus, oh, you know. All the time. Okay. Like, they go <laughs> nowhere all the time. But I think now I try and force myself to finish it because I think we're quite critical of ourselves i don't know if you guys feel the same way as, as yeah. probably oh, you don't yes. even you're not a musician but you create art you know yeah. it's it's oh, so I'm... easy to just start an idea and go not shit and and throw oh, it yeah. away <laughs> and i noticed like i do a song not anymore not for quite a while but i used to run a, a songwriting course with kids and they were just put out an idea and then just instantly shut down and not play like oh, i can't do this like but you're mm-hmm. being too critical to let the idea completely form so now i i for, try and force myself to finish it and then when it's finished i can decide if it's worth keeping or not mm-hmm. i have found that the stuff that i think is utter crap tends to be the stuff that other people love yeah <laughs> and i don't get that because i'll be sitting here and i'll be all like well i had this idea and this idea and this idea because i do a lot of commercial work and, and everything else yeah. and they're all like huh and i well i've got this one and they're like oh my god i love that and i'm like <laughs> really you're knocking futs okay <laughs> this sucks that's the worst that's, the, that's what's going through my mind is just yeah, that's the one you're supposed to reject so i can get on with the stuff i like, like and then so it's like okay you know and you just move on you you, you accept it as 
that's what they like. And, well, if they're paying you, suddenly you like it too. (laughs) (laughs) But the important thing is to just keep writing because the more you you just try to put the stuff out on paper or something yeah. eventually you'll you'll come across something in that process that is is the the, the golden nugget of your idea and then mm-hmm. you can tool everything else back to that you, you know you start writing your first couple of verses and, well this i don't know where this is going and then you write your third verse it's like aha there's the hook yeah and then you can go back and change the first couple but if you had stopped after oh, i don't know where this is going as long as you just keep kind of vomiting words out on the paper, eventually you'll get to something, or you'll get to the end and say, eh, okay, well, I'll come back to that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good way of doing it. And also, just the more you're writing, it's, it's like an instrument. The more practice you get at doing it, the better you're going to get and the faster you're going to improve. That works, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As long as you're, you're actually working at it. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a... There's the trap of falling into doing stuff that you did previously and kind of using that as a... Um, Why are you pointing at me when you as say a, that? As a jumping <laughs> off point? Yeah. Sort of a jumping off point. Yeah, or just falling back on, oh, I do 145, okay. I, I know I can find a really cool melody that will fit in 145, so I'll just do that real quick. Because yeah. <laughs> I can't think of anything. I was really lucky I started, um, but I think... This is probably a lot of musicians. I don't know about you guys, but I started writing before I knew what any chords were. I started writing songs before I could play another instrument. I was just writing melodies in my head. And, like, um, yeah, it kind of means you're not really limited by those yeah. kind of standard progression things because you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> you don't yeah. even know what they are. Yeah, it was like picking up a, an instrument that you really don't know how to play properly. Yeah. And you come up with something cool. It's like, okay, good, I have a song. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's that freedom. I don't want to say freedom from, freedom from ignorance. But sure. But that's what it is, is that you're not, you know, as you get more educated in, in, in your instrument or your studies or whatever it is, you find yourself... Trying to do restricting it right. yourself well, because, to these because, defined rules, yeah. right? And because then, you want to do it so-called quote right, correctly. Yeah. <laughs> but there is something to be said for things like I, you know, I did music theory in high school and, and college, and you learn the rules of like Bach voice leading that mm-hmm. you're not supposed to do parallel fifths, parallel right. octaves, and then you put you know all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so you know what the what the quote unquote rules are, so you know how to break them to best effect. Yeah. So you can say, aha, I want it to sound really weird here, so I know that if I do parallel fifths or if I put in a diminished seventh chord, that's going to make it sound like, oh, what's going on here? Or you would never have this minor chord played with the rest of these chords. Yeah. So if you know what the regular seven chords are in a major scale, you can say, but if I do it slightly different here... That's the surprise, and that can go along with the lyrics. But there's the two, you know, the two extremes of your playing life that you can have that most creativity, which is one at the beginning when you have no idea what you're doing, <laughs> and then at the end when you know everything so well that you can break the rules to your own, you know, choice. No, I agree. So out of curiosity, when when you sit down with an idea for I want to write a song, how do you really kind of start? in that process. You know I they're mean, just it, looking for ideas, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a song challenge coming up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you more about that in a sec. Um, it's so different every time. Like, yeah, 
completely different. Sometimes I have an idea for a concept of a song and uh, I might start writing some lyrics or sometimes a lyric will come first before the idea or sometimes you'll be um, just humming a melody or playing the chords first or like sometimes, and these are usually the best songs, it all comes out in one go. You don't actually write it, you just puke it. (laughs) For the listeners at home, Gary and I just started nodding vigorously when you said the best parts are when... It just kind of comes all out, all out at yeah. once. Yeah. Melody, yeah. chords, words, everything. My, my two or three favorite songs are ones that I I figured out how to do the the lyrics in an afternoon. It just kind of all jumped together. And the the other ones that are kind of you had to labor at, you're okay with them. But the ones that you were inspired by just are like awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it also is leading into that sense of accomplishment of that whole of like you have this idea it's sitting there in your head and it's it's maybe it's percolated for a little bit and all of a sudden I mean you literally just regurgitate it out and it's cathartic to have gotten it out. In addition, you're all like I got a whole song in that freaking afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> that mark felt- this day on the calendar. <laughs> That probably does add to why you like the song yeah. with that sense of accomplishment. That, yeah, I didn't think of that. And also, I find um, listening to really good music, like, so often if I'm out at a gig and I'm hearing something that's just amazing and blowing my mind, like, I have to run to the toilet and record my own song, <laughs> you know, or start frantically typing on my iPhone and people well, yeah, think, the, oh, you're not enjoying this, the, you're just the, on the phone. I'm like, no, I'm just really inspired. And, <laughs> well, yeah, the reverb in a bathroom is really awesome for just... <laughs> Doesn't come through in the text, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why you put the, you know, the HTML tag after it slash reverb. Before the days of um, iPhones and voice recorders and portable, all this stuff, I used to have, um, when I was a kid, a a phone line. We had it set up at home with an answering machine that was just for me to leave my songs on. (laughs) So, like, it would call because it was just our second line. And I'd be like, just start singing into it in this, you know. Much more effective than a G.I. Joe doll. (laughs) What? (laughs) Okay, I think I know where he's going with this. You know how the Uh, the You know where I think he's going? He's like, show us on the G.I. Joe doll where he touched you. (laughs) No. You know how they say, you know, every little girl grows up with a hairbrush as a microphone. Apparently, Greg had a G.I. Joe doll that he sang in. Just, the vision that I have is a little Greg without the the, the facial hair. And no, no, glasses. I've always had the facial hair. That's so good. <laughs> or Greg was just trying to make you guys laugh and give you a point for making fun of him. No, I think Donna nailed it. <laughs> no, you I, just, I just have this <laughs> really bad visual now. So. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> she says in that scared <laughs> she thinks about mm, disturbing a little bit but okay but it works <laughs> I, just use, I just used my hand I was just kind of like you know pretended had the invisible imaginary microphone like, yeah <laughs> well with, with me actually as a kid it was more that as I was learning guitar I would play along with some of my favorite CDs and, and songs and stuff like that but I would set up my guitar and, and, and all this stuff as if I was on stage and was standing up and performing, playing along with the CD. So, there was, I mean, it was after kind of the, the 
uh, air guitar or air mic kind of thing, but that's what I like to do kind of to practice along with something is as if I was actually performing with the group. No. That's how I did drums a lot. I didn't, I didn't, I, I used drumsticks as a fake mic because I've been playing since I was six. <laughs> I didn't use a G.I. G. I, I didn't even have a G.I. Joe doll. Just forget about the G.I. Joe doll. <laughs> it was I a can't. Prop. It was, was an unfortunate was joke. <laughs> so, I, so, speaking of un- unfortunate jokes, <laughs> what do you think of uh, politics in the United States? <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty interesting to to see the differences between what it's like in Australia and here. And I was here on tour. I was here so much of last year in the lead up to the election, and that was really fascinating as well. And just considering that we're skeptics and atheists, uh, it was interesting that they refer to God in practically every public address that they have. <laughs> and that just, just would never happen at home. Like mm-hmm. we've had, at, at the moment, our Prime Minister, Julie Gillard, is an atheist. Yeah. But the last two Prime Ministers we've had before that were religious. That, but it just wasn't a public issue. They didn't, they didn't talk about it in their speeches or really at all. And they don't, they don't mention it in the way they do here. Also... I saw the Democratic National Convention, and I was just so shocked that there. I saw them all standing around holding hands with their heads bowed in prayer, and I just, <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> yeah, there was a mini controversy because there was, I, there was, no, was no mention no, of God. They, no they, they of got God. out of the platform. And, right, and they the had, Republicans and Jerusalem, started freaking out. And Jerusalem. No, it wasn't just yeah. the Republicans. There were several members of the Democratic Party that were pissed that... God had been removed from the platform. But how is that like work with You're the separation at, of church and state? It doesn't exactly <laughs> in any it's, way. It's one of those things that, like you mentioned, how um, these politicians will mention God in almost every speech. There's the the factor that it seems like it's become the tradition that when you hear a politician say, "God bless you," "God bless the United States." That's when you know the speech is over. That's yeah. kind of the I, the opposite of someone flashing the lights in the lobby to let you know to go into the performance. Yeah. It's it's the it's the tradition of the spoon goes on the left. Kind of this is how we know how everything happens. Yeah. Just like a home, ending on the home of the free uh, actually ends on gentlemen start your engines. <laughs> NASCAR. I didn't know. Sorry. That. That's okay. <laughs> I'm not going to get all the references. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah, I don't. I didn't oh, get unfortunately, that in the United States, our politics and our religion seems to be horribly intertwined, and that's why we we don't have very many openly atheist senators and congressmen. And like two, we have. We've had Pete Stark, Cinema, who may or may not yeah. be quasi. <laughs> We don't know. Yeah. Um, Sean Faircloth was a state senator for Maine. Um, he's now... He's uh, in Australia at the moment. Oh, trading places. He That's just, true. I've never seen you and Sean Faircloth in the same room together. Um, <laughs> yes, you have. Right the Reason Rally. Reason Rally. That's not a room. That was outside. <laughs> I think they were at the hotel. What do you know? You were drunk. I, I was not drunk. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you very much. I just don't cast aspersions on me. Yeah, I just saw a picture of him on Facebook. He met Malcolm Fraser, who's an um, old Australian prime minister. That's cool. <laughs> and it's it's a nice thing that a a you know, granted a former prime minister, but a someone at the level of prime minister is comfortable enough meeting someone who is very outspoken about atheism where it was a big surprise in the United States when um, I think it was Secular Coalition for America or one of the a couple of the secular groups were invited to just have a discussion with people at the White House. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was and just a discussion. It was not people even were policy. blowing gaskets in the news. Oh my god, they're meeting with the heathens. Oh my god, they're going <laughs> to meet with it really was Ermagerd. It was. It was ridiculous. <laughs> um, and in several states here, but in several states, we still have laws that say well, atheists Texas. can't hold. Texas is a prime example. Atheists can't hold office. Yeah, yep. in seven states, mm-hmm. I think. Seven? Yeah. Yep. So, I yeah. mean, these are just some of the many things that Americans like us, like Americans United for the Separation of Church and State, the Secular Coalition, were trying to change, but it's... So what What? What made you an atheist? Was it the taste of babies better than bacon? <laughs> well, being raised in a Jewish household. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we only ate babies, no bacon. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> Having been That's raised be in a, somebody's ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> Having been raised in a Jewish Catholic household. Oh yeah, babies and bacon. <laughs> yes, babies and bacon. <laughs> um, and but not way, on if, Fridays. No. <laughs> by the way, if if you do say something and he's like, "Oh shit, I don't want that," you can always say, "Take it out." <laughs> cool. Thanks. Okay. No, no, should I take that out? Was that a bad no, thing? No, that's Gary, no, no, I'm joking. Gary, I think Gary, I want everything I've said up to this point taken out. <laughs> See, you haven't been on the podcast for the last three months. <laughs> <laughs> There's just these blank holes in the conversation. <laughs> yeah, Greg is our imaginary friend. <laughs> well, that's a good idea. Every Greg. time I start talking on the show, I get two words in, and then beep. <laughs> Oh, we make we go. Rawr, 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 rawr. <laughs> I didn't know Greg could play the trombone. <laughs> um, so you asked me how I became an atheist. Yes. Well, exciting story. No, um, <laughs> I I was brought up in a Jewish family, and we weren't particularly orthodox, but we didn't really ascribe to the liberal synagogue either. Um, and I went to a Jewish school from kindergarten all the way through to the end of uh, school. And I, we went to, my family and I went to an Orthodox synagogue every week, which my father is still the president of. Um, and despite driving there weekly, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you drive there and you park around the corner. <laughs> you hope nobody sees you as you walk over. Um, and, yeah, I believed everything I believed in the Jewish God and in the Old Testament explanation of how we all came to be. And I used to pray every night. I'd say my prayers and I would um, make up songs for God and I would, um, you know, little songs in Hebrew. And I learned Hebrew. I speak Hebrew fluently. Like, I'm probably a bit rusty, but I did a program in, in high school, in my Jewish high school, where we did two years of everything just in Hebrew, like science, mathematics, geography, 
international studies, everything. Just so, what's what's computer in Hebrew? Um, I think it's machshev, oh. which is kind of um, sounds like makeshift. The, the root, <laughs> the root of that is chashav, um, which is thought or mind. So it's like similar to mind. Oh, okay. It, Ooh, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 a really interesting language learning modern Hebrew because it's it was a dead language. It's three thousand years old, and when they um, started speaking it in Israel, they had to recreate the language in a modern form. So they take these old roots and, and build new words around them. And that's a, I think a good example hmm. of that. Um, anyways, <laughs> got off track. Um, <laughs> well, you did use some Hebrew at the end of one of your songs on yes. an atheist album. Yes, I do. Um, on the song Afterlife, I sang my favorite prayer. What, what used to be my favorite prayer. Um, and I think it's a really beautiful song, but also I I did a play on the Hebrew, so I kind of did a little sneaky blaspheme in there. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to ask kind of what it says. Well, um, so that song, Afterlife, is talking about the dangers that are inherent in believing in an afterlife across, I think, all different religions, and, and they range from not making the most of this life now to um, not caring about the environment or like the consequences of, of how we impact this earth or the, and to, you know, martyrdom to all these all these dangers. And then um, the, the old song that I sang, which is Shalom Aleichem, is a song that you're supposed to sing on the Sabbath and it's about the angels of peace going to see if you know, your home is ready for the Sabbath. And it's talking about the angels of peace from God. And I guess part of what I was saying with that song is that these beliefs about a future life are antithetical to peace in this world now. It's not a focus on peace in this world now. It's a focus on on um, the next life, which, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know exists at all. And so I was saying, you know, this is not peaceful. And, and in the word uh, from in Hebrew, which is, me, or you can use like a, the M letter. As a prefix, it means from, and then on its own, it, it means who. So I changed it from being a prefix to um, as a word on its own, and I, I said instead of the angels from God, I said, who is God? And then I said at the end, I am God. <laughs> um, Hear me roar. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's that's that song. And that song is available where? Um it is available on my album, an atheist album, which you can get from Bandcamp or iTunes, Amazon. You can listen to it on Spotify or um, any place that MP3s can be. Yeah, pretty much. Found. I think it's around on every digital distribution outlet. Do you have physical copies if someone sees you in the states in the next couple of months? I do. If you come to my show, I have them with me, and you can buy them off me, and I'll sign them for you and write a really long letter or an acrostic poem <laughs> um or you can buy it directly off my website if you're not going to see me and i will hand package it and send it to you swock sealed with a kiss yes <laughs> i should write that um yeah so i i was pretty dewy and i was also back to back to the story <laughs> fact i also went to a jewish zionist socialist youth group in my spare time. Wow. And I was, yeah, I went on camps with them and was really into that. And then I became, I, I did a program, leadership program to 
run programs for kids at this youth group and I did. I taught other kids about Judaism and Zionism and Israel and um, yeah, I was pretty into it. And then I guess from the ages of 16 to 19, I started questioning things. I learned about evolution in biology class in year 11 and um, I like to point out when people ask me about this um, that I only learned about evolution in my private religious school in Australia because I took biology as an elective because I liked animals you know so I was fascinated (laughs) with biology so if I hadn't had that interest in in animals or biology I would not have learned about evolution all the way through school and because that level of science was an elective. Not everybody was taught that. Yep. Because uh, they, I guess they don't have to follow to the government standards for what they teach because it's a private religious school, despite the fact they receive a lot of funding from the government, which is absolutely outrageous. <laughs> yeah, we're starting to have some of those problems, or we already have some of those problems here in the States as well. Yeah. Have, having come... I, now, you said it was a very liberal family, liberally... Uh, Jewish, uh, what do they think of you being such an outspoken? I'm going to go ahead and use this word celebrity <laughs> for atheism and preaching atheism, if you want to call it that, or, or yeah. advocating. Advocating. Yeah, that, that's a. I like that word better. Um, well, well, it's fun to take their their words from them and, and use <laughs> them for us. It really pisses them off. <laughs> As an atheist preacher, no, um, <laughs> I. I think it's it's been easier because they had a few years to adjust to me being an atheist and we've kind of already gone through a lot of the difficulty in our relationship early on and it, it took a few years of me becoming an atheist and seeing what is wrong with religion in my opinion and then getting involved in secular activism and then doing that for a year and then kind of stewing on all the ideas and then writing the album and then going to promote it and now doing the performances where I speak about, you know, the way I see the world. So they've had a bit of time to really take it on board. Um, And while it was very difficult at the beginning communicating with them about it, because I also was quite angry, (laughs) I was just like, how could you have, you know, taught me all those things without finding out if they were true or not first? Um, But now... I'm very, very lucky. My family support me in everything that I do. My father, who is a violinist, and actually I learned to play music in his Jewish wedding band. Um, I've been performing with them since I was 11, playing bar mitzvahs and weddings and stuff. We can play some klezmer tunes later. Yeah, awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He accompanies me uh, at a lot of atheist performances. He played with me at the Global Atheist Convention in Melbourne. So his views have evolved. Yeah. And he's he's the supportive parent he should be, even though on some level he disagrees with you. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I feel like he goes... Up, yeah, I think, you know, if you love your child, you should accept them for their beliefs, no matter if they disagree with you or not. But I feel like he really goes above and beyond yeah. what what um, I expect. You know, he I expect him to support me and love me no matter what, which is really nice. <laughs> um, um, but the fact that he goes out of his way to play with me, despite it being representing something that he doesn't necessarily agree with. Because I wouldn't go to synagogue. I don't go to synagogue anymore. I, I won't advocate for the synagogue. I won't perform in the synagogue's name or in Judaism's name. Um, so I appreciate that he does that for me. Yeah, that's a fantastic 
thing for, for him to do. And and the other thing is, uh, we we talked a lot about the subject matter in the songs when I was doing going through the recording process. I, I talked about it with my whole family. And while there's messages and aspects he disagrees with, I think overall he agrees with a lot of the sentiments and he would identify as a humanist as well. There's a there's a big part of the Judaic culture which is very humanistic. I, I you know, I, I like the hypothesis that the older religion hat is the less fervent in general it has become. You know, you know, Judaism being, you know, thousands of years old has kind of is in its middle age, so it's not quite as angry and crazy. The Christians have had some reformation and the Islam mm-hmm. not so much. And then the Scientologists, they're brand spanking new, so they're <laughs> just batshit crazy. It could also come from being a minority for so long they kind of really can't afford yeah. to be that vocal in their I was beliefs. gonna say in its I would I would disagree with you on certain parts of that because there are some very, very vocal oh, I, orthodox. I'm yeah, I'm talking Hasidic. in general, not yeah. as a as a rule for everything. Yeah, and yeah. then if you give um, the religion a chance to kind of, I won't, <laughs> the word festa came to mind, but that's a bit too hard. <laughs> if you if you gave them, you know, say take Israel as an example. Israel is a country; it's a theocracy. The mm-hmm. halacha, which is Jewish law, is the law of the land, and it is allowed to kind of take over and have power in a way that. Jewish law has never been able to when the Jews have been a minority in foreign countries. And and you can see the result of that in Israel. Half the population is more secular-minded and not very involved with their religion. But the other, I don't know, it's less than half, but it's, it's quite a big percentage of the population are ultra-ultra-Orthodox, and they have some really terrible views towards humanity. There are buses now in certain areas that are segregated where women have to sit at the back and there are some streets where an ambulance can't drive past on the Sabbath because they will throw rocks at them. And they're the ones who took Hillary Clinton out of the picture of the Situation Room night when Osama bin Laden was shot. It was basically all these people in the Situation Room and Obama looking very concerned and, and Hillary Clinton was photoshopped out of the picture by... As the Secretary of State. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think, like, all the really... I agree with you in some ways, probably, for the secular mainstream people, they've had to adapt to modernity because they've been exposed to it for longer. But I think if you allow any of those religions to kind of have the control and power that they want, I can't see them being particularly worse than, than the other because all of their founding scriptures are are pretty nasty. So welcome to Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Where Christian hegemony rules. (laughs) I haven't experienced it yet, you know? Have you been here on a Sunday yet? Yeah, I went to a humanist service. (laughs) For Easter Sunday. Oh, we could go to Cornerstone Church if you want to come down. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, it would be good to get a taste of how things really are, because I I don't get a proper representation of American (laughs) culture constantly hanging out with secularists (laughs) and skeptics. I did see, we pulled over on, we were driving here from, oh, we're driving to Houston from Austin, and Mm. we stopped to get petrol on the freeway, and they had like... um, Ah, what's it called? Like a tourist, you know, souvenir shop. And they had these salt shakers. And one of the salt shakers, like salt and pepper shaker, was a, a pair of nuns. 
which is really strange. I'm just imagining the action now with the, with the violently nun. shaking, shaking nuns. the nuns. And then another one was the Ten Commandments. So like you know, right. the first five yeah. were salt and pepper. And then, <laughs> and then there was another one that were a pair of hands in prayer together. Right. And I mean, it's not going to hold much salt. <laughs> not the the most efficient salt holder. The, the um, I think the nuns and really the. Old Testament, I mean the well, Ten Commandment tablets were the they, best. That may have been a different display because shaking the nun is kind of a euphemism for. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I'm just, <laughs> I just want to make yes, the joke. I stumble onto. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was that was really the only thing I've seen it kind of struck me as being overtly religious and we do get a lot. Laugh. We do get a lot more billboards saying, you know, quoting scripture or yeah. oh, there's well, one got, famous one that yeah. just says think god oh yeah yeah i saw that on yeah, the way and a giant yeah, cross a huge cross they're very mm. proud of their their crosses and how big they are it's a little it, it's, my it's, cross is um, bigger than yours yeah <laughs> it's 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 a symbol for something and we'll just leave it at that <laughs> the bigger oh. your cross what else we saw that made me absolutely piss myself was um <laughs> Um, in at Walmart, they had a chocolate cross for Easter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was just thinking, like, is this like I'm not religious at all, and I am offended for religious people. <laughs> you you'd think it'd be a little sacrilegious. Yeah, it's like this is well, what it, it, the symbol always... of Jesus' sacrifice and his torture and torment and a bloody symbol of capital death punishment. Being his tasty, eaten. his tasty, tasty death. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, and some child why, just like Why couldn't you just sucking. eat himself free? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it lends itself to Those it. Were, it was in the Middle East. It should have just melted. <laughs> Those weren't nails holding him in. They were peeps. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got a trip. I think I've got a trip to Walmart. (laughs) There's so much of... (laughs) Well, now I have my costume idea for the American Atheist uh, dinner night. Just be on a big chocolate cross with peeps holding me. (laughs) Hammering in these peeps. Peep, peep, peep. (laughs) You know what peeps are? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's a a tasty death. Chocolate cross (laughs) and peeps peeps. in the hand. (laughs) Horrible. Good thing we don't believe in hell because we'd be going there otherwise. <laughs> There's so much of that stuff that's, I guess, maybe their agenda, I don't know, is to bring the message of Christ to children. And, you know, they're eating candy, but they're thinking about a cross. I, I don't know. And I, you it, see a lot of those kind of really cheesy things that make you cringe and think that's taking any of the, you know, regal kind of sense that, that an old archaic, well do gives and it's just oh i hate it there's a and it, it, i should enjoy it really because it's symbols the downfall of it all to me but but there's a church near my house and they have a big colorful sign with bubble writing on it that says omg <laughs> well I, I think that the knickknacks and the little signs that'll that you can post it have everywhere in your house or there's one woman on my neighborhood who I've seen when she has her door open, one entire wall is covered in various different ornate crosses. <laughs> I think all of that is kind of the idea of they want the religion to be part of their entire life at all aspects at all times. Kind of that I, I will hold on to this, you know, 
me being the former psychology student, I will hold on to this idea for dear life and surround myself with it mm. so nothing else can get in. And mm. every That's time I see that, I think of the, there's an SNL skit with Sally Field as a woman who prays uh, yeah. for every little thing. And Phil Hartman <laughs> is Jesus. And he has to go and talk to her and basically say, you don't need to pray that your eggs will be done. Oh, done on time you don't need to pray with every garment you put in the washing machine you don't need to pray that the tv will come on it's brand new it's gonna come on do you you know the piano player bruce hornsby basically kind of known better in the 1980s uh, but his most recent album um has a few kind of sciencey songs but he also has one called um simple prayer where it's you know I you know I I just lost my car keys, <laughs> Jesus please get this to me. This is my simple prayer. Or you know <laughs> I can't get touched by my wife. Uh, don't let her find out about my um, my affair. So this is my simple prayer. It's it's all kind of <laughs> all these excuses or whatever that people will use to do these other things and praying about the wrong thing. Not pray that I have a good marriage, but pray that my wife doesn't find out about the affair. Mm. So it's an interesting kind of vision into the, into the psyche of these people who are have to fold themselves into such weird religious origami to keep maintain the idea that this all is true and it's all part of my life that mm. they have to do these somersaults of logic and I know my metaphor went all over the place there and I apologize. <laughs> we we understood. Well, I speak for myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I quit listening after <laughs> Bruce Hornsby, some guy from the 80s. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, you missed a good mixed me- metaphor. Probably one of his best. <laughs> I'll listen to it when I listen to the podcast. That wasn't just mixed. That was, <laughs> that was, that was, that was kinda... scrambled. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I guess that brings us to Lightning Round! round. So, the lightning round, where each of us is given 90 seconds to try and fill in the blank of the headlines that Greg is going to read us. And do you have them ready to go, or...? I have them ready to go. It's just unfortunate there's not a lot of light in here. There's a light behind you. Which is unplugged because I had to plug all all Uh. our electronics in, so maybe the one by Donna can help a little. That helps a lot. We should have thought of that an hour ago. It's been sitting in the dark. <laughs> well, we were hoping for the ghost of... Uh, something. Something, yeah. We were actually holding it. Uh, sure. Uh, seance. Oh, we should have had... Johnny Walker. Okay. <laughs> or in your case... Chocolate milk. Chocolate milk. <laughs> hey, but beer holds civilization together. It's what started civilization. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to admit it, but it's true. Because otherwise you wouldn't have this, uh, it was, the, the caveman drunkenly say, Hey, Og, watch this. It started out <laughs> as a foodstuff, and it was something that people liked to inebriate themselves with. But we're more modern now. We don't have slaves and stuff like that. So. What does that have to do with beer? <laughs> we can evolve past what? No. <laughs> Just stop. Sure. Greg, Greg thinks he's evolved because he doesn't drink. 
No, I'm evolved because of my opposable thumb. Okay. Is that like to light a cone? (laughs) 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 I'm just saying, if you don't drink. (laughs) No, I haven't. He doesn't doesn't drink coffee either, and that's the perfect thing to do with the thumb to hold open the coffee mug. I happen to not drink coffee. I just never got into it. I I don't have anything against coffee. Okay, that's good. (laughs) <laughs> yes, Gary might kill me otherwise. <laughs> we didn't do it last week. So no, we didn't. I think Donna was the last one to win, so I guess she goes first. All righty. So you ready, Donna? This works. Just go right ahead. All right. The timer will begin when I finish your first question. In order to test for the toxic exposure from a 30-year-old spill, residents of Garfield, New Jersey, are being asked to provide samples of blank. Hair samples. I don't know. Oops. Hold on. toenail clippings Uh, the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma and Immunology has revised their recommendations about introducing what for babies Uh, certain allergenic foods like milk and peanuts beautiful Uh, two new studies at the European Physical Journal discuss how various variations in the vacuum of empty space at the quantum level must affect our assumptions about blank the speed of light a new study co- uh, published in Current Biology of Mitochondrial Mutation Rates suggests that blank occurred earlier than previously thought. Uh, the Descent of Man. It's the... or The split? Yeah. Population di- uh, divergences. divergences. Yes. Pope Francis, I call him Pope Franny, uh, has been quoted that blank can be precious allies in efforts Atheists. to... Atheists. Okay. Really? <laughs> Not. Uh, a judge in charge of the Colorado mass murder trial, James Holmes, has approved the use of blank as part of his competi- competency Truth evaluation. Serum. Reported in the New England Journal of Medicine, a Michigan woman developed a bone disease after drinking a pitcher of 100 tea bags a day for 17 years, which left her with four times the normal blood levels of blank. I don't remember that. I just remember she drank a bunch of tea. <laughs> Fluoride. Uh, a longitudinal study published in the Journal of Child Psychology and Fi- Psychiatry of 77 malnourished kids in the first year of their life found that increased rates of blank by age 40. God. Uh, diabetes, obesity. Personality disorders like schizophrenia. That was a long question. Yeah, I, forgot, I, forgot, I, forgot, yeah. I forgot how it started. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it started with the word longitudinal. Uh, okay. Well, you got five correct That's awesome. and four wrong, which is right. okay. All right. Rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock. <laughs> <laughs> five is, uh, if, if five is not even that exciting. You want, you want to go next? Yeah, I'll, I'll go next. Just Remember, I am a foreigner. <laughs> I, will, so I will speak proper English. <laughs> <laughs> We're doomed. <laughs> As in, yeah. <laughs> I will do my best, and it's okay if you don't know. I only got them. one last time. So. <laughs> and we'll see how well I do this time. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready, Shelley? I'm ready. Alrighty. A Texas state senator, Donna Campbell, is su- in supporting a bill about requiring abortion clinics to have full surgical centers compared abortion procedures to blank. Lunch? <laughs> Lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Colonoscopies. <laughs> you can you can help her out if you want. Okay. Um, new scans of the entire sky for the by the Planck spacecraft had left has led to newer estimates for blank. The universe's age. 
Wow, you can throw your voice. <laughs> well, she had that look. She had the look of. Okay. I was like, wow, that uh, sounds really cool. A new, a new Jersey man who got third, third degree burns on his feet after using a home remedy for insomnia, insomnia, is suing whom? God, Doctor Oz. <laughs> a team of researchers led by the Amazon.com founder, Jeff Bezos, have recovered a set of rocket engines from blank missions. Apollo. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You got to speak louder. The mics didn't pick that up. Um, uh, patent drawings from the Apple company show plans to combine sensory devices, processing devices, and motion mechanisms to change how handheld devices... Fall? Sure. Yeah. Change their orientation as they fall. Like, um, ah. UC cool. San Diego researchers have found a layer of molten rock in the Earth's mantle that acts like a lubricant and faci- facilitates the movement of blank. Continental shelves. Is that the plates? There you go. The plates? Bonus question. Uh, after a late winter storm in Butler County, Ohio, officials are announcing that they're filing a lawsuit that will call for the death penalty of blank. Buxatani Phil. The <laughs> <laughs> death penalty? Yes. Yes, they're calling for the death penalty for Punxsutawney Phil. Is that is that serious? No, it's, no. it's satirical. It was, you know, Pugs of Tony Phil. Yeah, is, no, I know. I watched okay. Groundhog Day. <laughs> and Good, it, was, okay. it was the best. <laughs> so He's the idea sick. is he predicts winter to end at a certain point or whatever. And because they had some late winter storms, they released this jokey letter saying that we call for his we're, we're going to sue him. They were going to indict him. Yes. Uh-huh. Cool. So, Smashed uh, it. <laughs> with a little bit of help, you got six correct and two wrong. <laughs> oh boy! So go, Gary. All right. I All right. Read anything this week? <laughs> oh, it's read a couple. We'll see. Of course, you already asked them the ones that I had read. <laughs> I think <laughs> we'll still help you too. It's you a to help group me. Be- thing. Hey, is it that's thang? creepy to say in a motel room? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a new Swedish study suggests that men fa- who fathered a child after the age of fifty were more likely to have blank autism. A grandchild with autism. Grandchild with autism. <laughs> Close enough. You remember the autism part. Um, a proposed revision to Indonesian law intended to protect people from fraud and deception is being criticized that it violates the rights of blank. Uh, witch doctors. And oh. psychics. The Global Health Initiative, with the support of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, put out a call for a better designed and more pleasure-inducing blank. Uh, vaccines. <laughs> Condoms. Condoms. <laughs> Oh, I did see that one. Hey, it's $100,000. The University of Tennessee's Sex Week, aimed at promoting sexual health and awareness, had its funding slashed after Blank launched a campaign about the event. Uh, Probably the American Family Association or something. Republican lawmakers. Republican lawmakers? Yes. Effectively Uh, the same thing. (laughs) Essentially, yeah. (laughs) Experts sequencing the genetic code of term... Let's just skip that one. Um, A survey study published in Pediatrics by the CDC found that 40% of more mothers start blank earlier than the recommended four to six months. Breastfeeding? 
<laughs> solid food. Solid food. Feeding solid food. That makes more sense than my answer. <laughs> the Australian Administrative Decisions Tribunal ru- ruled that Blank must post a consumer warning on its websites that uh, NSW... The fair- uh, a vaccine... Uh, oh, yeah. could Australian could vaccine, vaccine Network. Yeah, AVN. I'll give that to you. <laughs> With with much fumbling and some um, some accidental non wording for me, you got four correct and Yay! two wrong. So that makes Shelly queen of the podcast this week. Yes, with no answers correct. <laughs> I think you got one or two on your own. No, I think I just made you laugh. <laughs> and that's, really, that's really what it's all about. You, you worked with your opposable thumb and you you won the <laughs> podcast. Hurrah! Um, so, we have the uh, American Atheist thing coming up uh, convention the, this weekend, which this podcast will be up by that time. Uh, so, go to if you're going. And if you're not going, go to. And if you can make it, go to. And if you can't, well, that's too bad. And if you are there, please look for all of us, because yeah. at different times during the weekend, we will all be there. And yeah. actually, we'll be, Gary and I at least, will be working the San Antonio, San Antonio Coalition of Reason table. So come by, say hi. Get a skeptic wire button, something like that. Yep, and a card, if we have them. We should have them. So get them. (laughs) You know you want them. (laughs) I'll come say hi. Excellent. Yay! Yay. All right, so thank you for joining us, uh, Shelley. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I hope that you have a great tour and... And where are you t- after, well, you're going up for the American Atheist Conference. Yeah. Where are you going after that? So I have a couple of days in L.A. after that just for meetings and stuff. And then I'm going, the next show is on the 12th of April in Portland. And That's Portland, Oregon. Yes, Portland, Oregon. And, yeah, then just a couple of shows in Washington area. I think I'm playing in Kennewick. On the... I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I've, I, I, I've, I've spent a lot of time in Washington State. <laughs> I like Washington State. Yeah, but Kennewick is. There's a there's a great community out there, and they're really active. They're, I, I've played there before, and they're really fun. Yeah, I, think, well. I think you're just casting aspersions there, Donna. We played. I cast aspersions all the time. <laughs> you should know this by now. Um, and then yeah. Will you be back through here at any point during the I should be back through here on my next tour, which is going to be in September. Cool. Awesome. We look forward to having you come back. Yeah. So go find her CDs online, her website. She's ShellySiegel.com. Yeah. At ShellySiegel yep. on Twitter. And ShellySiegel Music on Facebook. And yeah. Awesome. Go find her. And, and her listen. Money. Thanks, heaps. Thanks for the plug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thanks for joining me this week. Uh, actually, uh, I guess we should Shelley should thank us for joining her because she invited us into her into her uh, into her temporary hotel. abode. <laughs> well, she <laughs> on the road, which is very lucky because we follow the same rules as vampires. We can't come in unless invited. Mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. We got to talk about skepticism <laughs> and atheism. I don't believe in myself. And I cursed God. Look at me. <laughs> that kind of went Italian there at the end. <laughs> hey, what do I you mean? What do you mean? I don't drink blood. I drink the Tootsie Fruity ice cream. This isn't the blood. <laughs> this is marinara. 
right, so thank you for joining us this week, and we'll see you next week, or talk at you next week, or whatever happens on the podcast. Yes, Ciao. we will. Bye. Bye. <laughs> the Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. Good picture. Yeah, it's really nice. Photographing crime scenes finally paying off. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I learned how to photograph. The thing she announces when I start recording in the middle of a (laughs) stranger's hotel room. (laughs) Please don't kill me. (laughs) I would kill them before I killed you. I appreciate that. And that really doesn't give comfort. Still, yeah, no. still not comfort. Still will, it sounds like I'll still eventually be killed, but at least no. last. Yeah, know how it's going to When the revolution comes, our heads will be first up against the wall. That's right. And, <laughs> and okay. I'm not even in advertising. Shame. I see. Well. What's that line? <clears throat> I like you. Your death will be quick and painless. <laughs> <laughs> It's all a team. We're in this together. I'm not getting any less creepy. There's no okay. I in team. Yes, there is. It's in the A. If you do a capital A, there's an I inside the A. Okay. <laughs> I'll draw it out for you guys. <laughs> I've seen it. I'm, I'm good. All right. All right? Yep. You good? Yes. Can I ask a question? <laughs> <laughs> Waiting. <laughs> That's not helping, Gary. And I'm just sitting here quietly. <laughs> not when I begin to... I'm about to talk. I have my opposable thumb ready and everything. <laughs> and the electronics device. <laughs> <laughs>